You're listening to the Godfather and Gorney podcast on Rivals.com with your hosts, the Godfather of recruiting, Mike Farrell. If Dave Barry actually gets that drop and I say poo-pooing too many times, that's going to be at the beginning of this podcast. And national recruiting analyst, Adam Gorney. If that's what I sound like, this podcast ends today. That's right. Welcome into another edition of the Godfather and Gorney podcast. My name is Dave Barry, producer of the show. We are joined by National Recruiting Director Mike Farrell out on the East Coast and on the West Coast, Adam Gorney, National Recruiting Analyst for Rivals. Uh, guys, we've got plenty to talk about. We have coach firings. We have big games uh, from, from yesterday. We're recording this on Sunday. Mike, let's jump right into it with the big news out of Gainesville with uh, Florida and Jim McElwain. Um, parting ways give me your immediate thoughts on that yeah what you wanted what you never want to do as a coach is give someone an excuse to get rid of you and um you know that's what happened you know obviously this is a firing based on performance uh he was brought in here to improve the offense the offense has gotten worse every year under Jim McElwain but with the you know alleged and I say alleged because I don't know anything truly behind the scenes there um you know death threats that he allegedly made up, they gave him an excuse to get rid of him and, and negotiate a, 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 you know, a, a much less expensive buyout and, and move on. And, you know, if you had told me that McElwain would be fired, you know, before Butch Jones, I'd tell you, you'd be crazy. Um, there's rumors as we're speaking now that, that Butch Jones is meeting with people. So he could be axed as early as Sunday night or into Monday, but, McElwain, 22-12, and 12, winning record in the SEC, two SEC East Division titles, but that offense is awful, and the team clearly, if you watch the game on Saturday, has given up on their coach. Yeah, and I think that's part of it, but, but honestly, I don't think this has much to do with on-field performance. I think this has everything to do with the alleged death threats thing and, and, and the fallout from there. It gives them the excuse. Uh, it gives Florida, the Florida administration a, a way to look to see if they have to pay the full buyout now. Um, they probably wanted him gone. It's amazing. He's taken Florida to two straight SEC championship games, and they're still not happy. Obviously, the offense needs a lot of work. There's no question about that. But usually the first step is bringing in another offensive coordinator, a quarterback's coach, changing something in that sense rather than getting rid of your, of your head coach. Um, he's been to Atlanta two years in a row, uh, and now he's gone. Uh, I think a lot of this had to do with what happened this week when he came out and said that he was receiving death threats. It made the university look terrible because what he did was say he's receiving death threats. He didn't tell his administration and either the fan base is a bunch of crazies or he's putting people at risk. And that's really, I think why he's out. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason there, there's no doubt. I mean, that's the excuse and the reason you, you cannot make your fan base look ridiculous like that you know if it's not true if it's true hey you know go to your boss go to the police uh handle it internally as best you can um you know we saw the, the kevin sumlin letter um you know and, and i'm sure that was handled much differently and and we're not talking death threats there um you know we're talking about racial undertones and um it, which is equally serious but you know it's one of those things where i think he was looking for sympathy. Um, you know, we're having a rough year. Woe is me. Uh, poor me, blah, blah, blah. And I think they were ready to cut bait with him 
and that's not a shark joke. Um, they were ready to cut bait with him because, you know, they, they just didn't see any improvement in this football team. Like, yeah, they went, they won the SEC East twice, but the SEC East has been hot garbage, which we'll get to later in the show. Um, and then the quarterback play has been awful. And, and I was looking at this guy's resume, and when he was hired, he was not a, a very sexy hire. And, and, and again, you can insert whatever joke you want there. Because what he did at Alabama was okay, you know, but look at the quarterbacks that he did. Greg McElroy, he had A.J. McCarron for a year, Garrett Grayson. I mean, these are guys that are not household names uh, at the college and the NFL level. They're game managers. And what he ended up doing is he created game management at Florida on offense. Um, but I also think it has to do with nine guys – you know, being charged for felony. I mean, it all comes down to the head coach. That's the yeah, bottom and, line. And you can have game managers and win. I mean, for as much as people rip this saying it, Alabama has that, and they win all the time. And and other schools have done it too. But that offense just looks completely miserable. There's, you know, then fire Doug Nussmeyer. You know, you you don't. I think this all is has to do with off field things. I think it has to do with a, yeah, like you said. Players getting in trouble, that has been an issue for years at Florida, even when Urban was down yeah, there. But he was winning. But he was winning, like exactly. Like winning, winning on a big level, winning. Right, right. And so, yes, like you said, I mean, the, the, the tide has turned in the SEC East. Georgia is clearly much better than Florida, recruiting better, and just looks like Florida used to look like. Um, you, you know, they, you can't hang on to that defense forever because the offense is just so, so bad. So yeah, at two SEC championships, um, did he deserve to be fired for on-field performance? I, I think that's a stretch at this point. Um, but, but c- combining the on-field performance, that miserable offense, what happened in Jacksonville yesterday and the off-field things, um, kind of took to his demise. But let's look at the on-field stuff too. Next to last in the SEC in offense for two straight years. Uh, we're talking offensive efficiencies. This year and last year, next to last. That's horrible. Um, under Will Muschamp, when the offense was horribly anemic, they averaged 2.6 touchdowns per game. This is from ESPN. Uh, under McElwain, 2.47. The offense has gotten worse. The feeling here for a lot of people is that he inherited a great defense that Will Muschamp gave him. That defense got them to a couple SEC championship games. He was supposed to develop an offense to go with that defense. Recruiting, as you and I both know, has not been good. They were number 23 his first year. Then they were, I think, number nine. I know they were number nine last year. They were number nine in 2018. Um, they were in the in the teens, I believe, in 2016. But three five-stars total have committed slash signed with Florida since McElwain took over. Three. Muschamp had many, many more. Urban Meyer, we all know, had a billion more than that. Recruiting wasn't going well. The offense was sputtering. You know, I think this is on-field performance, and they just found an excuse to get rid of them. They knew where this was headed. This was headed towards the dumpster. This was this this was headed in a bad direction, uh, and they just got out of it, and they got lucky that he said something stupid. Otherwise, they'd be on the hook, because I don't think he would have been fired at the end of the season. I think they might have got rid of Nussmeier. I think they would have waited another year uh, till that buyout goes down, but they, they found it out, and he gave it to them. Um, 
and and let's 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 not ignore the shark picture. All right. I know people are going to laugh at this, and that's not Jim McElwain's fault at all, right? But that's a massive embarrassment to your football program and your athletic department as well. And it's but not he had nothing fault. to do with it. It wasn't him. I know. But I'm, but I'm saying, like, everything about this has been not so great. I, I know the SEC East titles look good, but everything else has been horrible. And I think there's just this feeling that the last time I saw this guy fired up was when he was yelling at Kelvin Taylor his first year. He was yelling at him because he did the, the, I think he did the throat slice thing after he scored a touchdown. He got in his face and I said, this is good. This is what they need. They need a fiery head coach who's going to get in the face of his guys and, 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 and really handle this program with character. He hasn't been animated since then. He had looked like he didn't care the last few games on the sideline, um, I think it's all perception. So I'm putting the shark picture in there. I'm including it <laughs> as part of the reason why they're getting rid of him. Well, I think it's like you said, they were just looking for an excuse. And, and part of me wants to say, you know, it's only his third year in. Give the guy a chance. But I think it is actually better for them to cut ties now. You know, they saw it was not going in the direction they wanted. So this was their out. Like you said, it, it was the, the time to do it. Who's next, Gorney? Next? The real problem, the real problem, though, Mike, is this, and and this will be the last point on this: is Florida is not close to going to another SEC's championship. Georgia is the team in the SECs for a long time. So whoever takes this job, if they don't get to Atlanta in the next year, two, three years, is he now the next guy on the hot seat? Because the expectations are really unrealistic. I, I mean, we have a guy on our podcast who's blaming a guy who's not even the guy on the shark yep. for being <laughs> part yeah. of the reason why. But I'm going to tell you, that I don't think the SEC, I don't think expectations are ridiculous because you just you just kind of label Georgia a dynasty is what you just did. Um, they're not. You know, you said for foreseeable future, Georgia's the team in the SEC East. Things change very quickly. If you can't recruit at Florida – and you can't find instant superstars that can turn your team around, then you don't know how to coach or recruit. They get the right guy in here, and they get the right quarterback. George is great. Don't get me wrong. But they're not a dynasty. Alabama in the West, I could see that as a hurdle. <laughs> I don't see Georgia <laughs> as, as an insurmountable hurdle at this point in time. They're a very good football team, but Florida is Florida. The brand name is too big. Uh, it's too good to be wasted the way it has been under Muschamp and now under McIlwain. 22 and 12 ain't, ain't that great a record. The shark picture aside, lying about death threats is stupid. Yeah. It's yeah. just stupid. You know what it is? It's, it's Again, it's that woe me mentality, and it's a quitter mentality, and it's a victim mentality. And listen, I'm all for that. I love quitting. I love complaining. I love woe me, and I love a victim mentality. I love it all, right? But I'm not a head football coach, and I'm not leading young men into battle. And your football coach cannot be like that. You know, you got to be more like James Franklin. Some of those amazing press conferences James Franklin had after they beat Army, barely beat Army, and after the Minnesota win and all that stuff. So, But anyways, who should be next? I got Dan Mullen, so you can't pick him. That's my choice, Dan Mullen. Oh, who's next at Florida? Yeah. Can't yeah, pick him. You know, I I wouldn't be surprised if they go after Justin Fuente at Virginia Tech. Um, that's a name that I've seen thrown around a little bit. It really makes a whole lot of sense. Um, it would be a very interesting hire. He's really 
you know, Virginia Tech was a little dull at the last years of Frank Beamer, and he's turned that around very quickly to be kind of a uh, ACC, if not national, contender already. I think that's a name. If you're not going to go Mullen, that's the name. Uh, Scott Frost seems like a stretch to me. I don't know if you'd want that job with Nebraska kind of waiting um, and some others waiting, but um, I, I'll throw out Justin Fuente at Virginia Tech as a possibility. I think it'd be crazy to take that job at Florida, honestly. I think he's got a great gig at Virginia Tech. I think expectations are are there at Virginia Tech, but they aren't Florida expectations. Um, I think he's got a great niche at Virginia Tech, great fan base, good recruiting base. Uh, he, he would go into a hornet's nest at Florida, and, and I'm not really sure if that's the thing that he should do at this point in time. Uh, Dan Mullen obviously has to get out of Starkville. I mean, uh, yeah. Starkville is not a horrible place, but Mississippi State, he's done as much as he can there. I mean, he's not going to take them to the national championship. He's not going to win the SEC West. He's proven everything he can prove at Mississippi State. I think this is the eighth straight year he's had them bowl eligible. And if you're, and if you're looking for if you're looking for a coach who can develop quarterbacks, look at Nick Fitzgerald, who really cannot throw the ball all that well. He's you know a star in the SEC West. Dak Prescott down the line worked with Tim Tebow. Um, this is a guy who could come into Florida and recruit that position, and that's what they need drastically. Yeah, and he's an inventive offensive mind, you know. And and again, I didn't think McElwain was. I really didn't. Uh, it's no offense to the McCarrens and McElroys of the world, but I didn't see anything that wowed me. Uh, Kiffin is a better offensive coach. Um, he did more things at Alabama that I thought were were impressive and and unique than when McElwain was there. Uh, Let's not get nuts here. Well, listen, I'm not <laughs> saying Kiffin's going to be the higher Florida or he's going to be hired by anybody, but... I liked his play calling a little bit better. I remember when McElwain was hired, I think Mike Riley was hired right around the same time. And I'm like, I thought Nebraska got a good hire in Mike Riley because he's a respected guy. He did a lot with nothing at Oregon State. That hasn't worked out so well, and we'll get to him in a minute. Um, But I thought McElwain was a bad hire. I wrote about it. It just not to the level of what Florida is looking for. So if they don't get a Dan Mullen or a Fuente, if they do settle for some, you know, small school guy who, you know, like let's say they go back to Colorado State and take Boba, which they won't, but let's just say it out loud for fun. I think they'd be reaching. This is a one of the premier jobs in college football, and they better get a big name this time. They got the coach in waiting at Texas last time, who turned out to be a guy who couldn't develop an offense whatsoever, who's doing a better job now at South Carolina than he did at Florida. Then they got a guy from Colorado State who, you know, built his reputation uh, under Nick Saban as an offensive genius. And we've seen no genius there. So is Butch Jones next? Uh, Again, there have been rumors that and maybe these are just made up rumors or maybe this is hopeful thinking because every Tennessee fan on earth is so upset right now that Florida got rid of their coach before. Now, the best thing on on earth uh, and and, um, I'll give I'll give credit to uh, Clay Travis for this one. I think he was the first one who tweeted it. The best thing on earth would be for Florida to go hire John Gruden. That would, that would be the <laughs> funniest thing in the world because Tennessee fans would just die instantly uh, a million deaths. Could you imagine if they did that? <laughs> well, I think this really does 
force Tennessee's hand, though, because they don't want to be out of the coaching pool here. So they know they're going to do it. They're getting rid of him. Uh, I don't care what Butch Jones said last night after losing to Kentucky for the second time since 1985, which is an embarrassment. Um, but if Florida is going to fire their coach, they want to be in the same, have the same opportunity to go after the, the same guy. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's Butch Jones news in the next because because they don't want to miss on being able to go after a Mullen or a Fuente or a Frost or a Mike Norvell at Memphis or John Gruden, which isn't going to happen, I don't think. But um, even though I saw a report this morning, which I, I don't even know who it's from, so I can't credit it, that Tennessee has already offered John Gruden the job and offered him $10 million a year, um, which is That's the obscene. rumor every year. Yeah, every year. Every, every time year. the Notre Dame job comes open, it's the rumor right. every time the Tennessee job comes open. It, I could make up that rumor. But I will tell you this. Since our podcast, our next podcast won't be taped till like Wednesday, I'm going to – I'm going to pretend that the administration at Tennessee knows what they're doing. I'm going to pretend that they're smart. And I'm going to say, speaking to those people that are hearing this after Butch Jones is fired, I'm going to say, what a great job they did of finally getting rid of Butch Jones after the Kentucky loss. Because <laughs> there's absolutely no reason on earth to think that by Wednesday, when we tape again, that that guy is still the head coach. They had an opportunity in South Carolina. They had an opportunity after Alabama. Now yeah, they that have was an the easy time. You know, Kentucky is even easier than those two. Yeah. They're 0-5. They stink. Um, on and on it goes. If they do not fire him by the, th- by the time we tape our next podcast, shame on them. And they deserve a, a horrible coach who is their fifth choice again because there's no way on earth that Florida is making this stand and eating probably a big part of this buyout. I mean, yeah. I, I doubt they're going to get the – the with cause full effect of, you know, hey, we're not paying a penny and fire Jim McElwain, who led them to two division titles. And Tennessee's like, well, you know, brick by brick. We're going to wait. Yeah. So they have to fire. So if they haven't, I think that'll be our lead. Uh, I'll, I'll lead on Wednesday with what is going on in Knoxville. Why on earth haven't they fired Butch Jones? But I think by the time most people listen to this bad boy, I think Butch Jones will be fired. So who's next at Tennessee, assuming that they're going to do what they should do? Well, uh, I got Dan Mullen. I got Dan Mullen. You you can't take him. I think Justin Fuente at Virginia (laughs) Tech is a good name. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a good one. Uh, You know, I don't know. I mean, that's an interesting one. I think Mike Norvell at Memphis would be an interesting hire. Um, He's an offensive guy. It's a good offense. I mean, they can put up points. Um, I think I think a real question is if you're a coach and you're offered the same money at Florida or Tennessee, which job do you take? Take Florida. You take Florida without a doubt. You don't even yeah, question. Yeah, sure. I mean, the recruiting yeah. advantage alone is worth everything. Um, yeah. You know. Now, what about Matt Campbell? We haven't mentioned Matt Campbell yet. That's also an interesting one. I mean, look at the job he's done. And I think in his second year, turned around a, a dismal program, a hopeless program, to beat Oklahoma and TCU in the same year. Phenomenal. I know he told people in Ames that they have nothing to worry about, which, right. what is he supposed to say? Please. But, I mean, absolutely. A guy who, you know, was dealt a really poor hand at quarterback, too. Jacob Park leaves the team, puts in another guy, and he's been great. Uh, you know, phenomenal defensively, outstanding defensively. Um, I don't even think they use Alan Lazard enough. They have a good running game. Definitely a coach uh, 
that's uh, that should be in the consideration for that job. Well, isn't like every receiver on their team like six foot six? <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, yeah. that's uh, just a large group of human beings there. But yeah, he's done a great job. He'll be in the mix there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make a reference to the way the fantasy football draft always goes when I'm in a league. Uh, a run on tight ends occurs. Somebody picked Gronkowski in the third round and everybody panics and starts picking tight ends, which is so stupid or, you know, defense. Somebody picks a defense. Oh my God, I got to lock in a great defense. Now this is coming from someone who has won once in the last (laughs) 10 years who doesn't, doesn't know any strategy, but are we going to see a race to fire our guy? You know, is, is Mike Riley next? Should they strike now? Are they worried about Scott Frost, you know, possibly taking, the Florida job or the Tennessee job. I mean, he, he can't take it mid season, but do they want to keep up? Um, so should they get rid of him? They just beat Purdue. The, the clutch and epic performer that Tanner Lee is led them to that comeback victory. Yeah. Should they get rid of Mike Riley? Like after his next loss? See, I don't think that's their style. And so I don't think they're going to do it. I think they're going to wait until the end of the season, especially with a new AD in there. He's going to take his time, and he's going to find his guy. Now, Nebraska could go to Iowa State and get Matt Campbell, which is a very fine hire. I don't think Scott Frost is going to jump at a job midseason. So that's where they kind of have an advantage, these schools that aren't going to fire their coach, is that coaches who are at UCF, Iowa State, Memphis, Virginia Tech, wherever they're going to be coming from, they might have an agreement, a gentleman's handshake, something going on that they know that they have their guy in place. Um, but they don't really. I don't think people need to rush and go crazy here, like I did in the third round and took Aaron Rodgers for thirty-one dollars, which has been an utter mistake, and I'm still wow. shooting myself. Listen, he, Aaron Rodgers was awesome until he got his collarbone snapped in half. Yeah, yeah that's not a bad pick. I mean, you know, Gronkowski in the third is a bad pick, but um, <laughs> you know, or loading up on tight ends is not a great pick. Um, and maybe. You know, there is no advantage to firing someone early, or maybe there is. We don't know what conversations occur between agents and administrators. I mean, you know, we don't know what type of tampering goes on. I'm sure there's plenty of it. I mean, it's it's the NCAA. Nothing is really governed, as we've learned by the North Carolina findings. So, right. you know, maybe you send that message. But I think that's interesting. If Butch goes and, say, Nebraska, who I don't even know who they play next week, but let's say they lose next week. They might have to be pushed into that, you know, we got to get rid of him now mentality, which, as you said, is sort of against what they usually do. But let's move on from them because they don't really I mean, it's not a national epidemic. I'll let you make your little point. Yeah, well, I'm all I was going to say there. Thanks. Mike, you're is, welcome. Uh, thank you for letting you're, me talk. You're welcome. Is. <laughs> is uh it's not working out at nebraska they have northwestern coming in next week um you know that that could go either way but just look at how the the team is playing they're struggling against purdue you know i mean they struggled against arkansas state you know this is a 64 65 year old coach here this isn't a young up-and-comer that you have to give a lot of time to um so i looks better than either of us though i know i know seriously he looks young he looks younger than us so let's just say that He's he may be sixty four, sixty five, but he's he's got a little bit more mileage left. <laughs> I have no mileage on me. I'm like the, well, we heard you last week with the cat and trying to move the cat. We've all I couldn't even move a cat. We all know how much I can move. I mean, uh, so yeah, I, I, it's not working out, and that's I guess the point is like why wait? 
I used to be one yeah. who said wait, but now forget it. I mean, you know, listen, the McElwain thing sends sort of a shot across the bow to all programs and saying, listen, this guy won two division titles. I know we can say that we fired him because of the uh, death threat stuff, but they fired him for performance. This raises the yeah. bar for every coach in the SEC and around the country now. And I think you're going to start to see guys getting canned after two years. Um, I'm not sure who that would be. I'm trying to think of somebody who could get fired after two years. Charlie Strong should have got fired after two years. But um, there'll be somebody probably in the next couple of years that gets fired in season three like McElwain did. And they won't have a shark picture out there or they won't have, um, you know, death threats that they made up. So let's get to the right. games themselves. I love the helmets, by the way, on Ohio State. I thought they were cool. I'm a big helmet geek collector. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like the way they played in the first half uh, if if I was a Ohio State fan. Um, but my miraculous, amazing preseason pick of JT Barrett winning the Heisman and Ohio State winning the national championship, I'm back on it now. I know you were you worried. Know, I, should, I, I was worried about that, and we had made fun of you for a while, yeah. and you had been down in the dumps, but... I'm back. I should still be under a bridge with a 40 of Mickey's in my hand after watching that fourth quarter yesterday. Wow. <laughs> That's right. Mr. Penn I mean, State over here must have been heartbroken. Well, you know, all that happened was your defense just fell apart and your, and, your well, offense couldn't block. Yeah. 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 Couldn't block. Other than that. Couldn't block. No, no schemes were changed. Uh, I think it was a little bit. 35-20 was the score with about seven and a half minutes left in that game. It looked relatively comfortable. Ohio State wasn't doing much. And then JT Barrett looked like Tom Brady. And then JT Barrett looked like Tom Brady and the defense just let receivers behind them. And it it, it looked, it looked really bad. So, but I I will go back to this and I've said it last week on the podcast, but I want to really bash this into people's minds. Here we go. No one's listening to our podcast, first of all. So they're not going to, Oh, that's fine. I just just want it to be, but here go, go ahead and say a one loss Penn state can still get in the playoff because Ohio state did last year when they didn't win the division. Just say it, say it. Well, I was going to say that, but my other point is that if you look at the top four teams in the country, mm-hmm. you're looking at Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Penn State. And you make an argument what? for any other team, maybe Notre Dame. You could, you can't put Wisconsin in there. You can't put Clemson in there. And then that's you, oh, maybe wow. Oklahoma. Now, Now, here's the craziness of this. Oklahoma goes to Ohio State and wins by 15 points. And Ohio State will be ranked ahead of Oklahoma this week. I, I don't know how you can possibly explain that. I have a team that we go ahead of Penn State. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They play in South Bend, Indiana. I said possibly Notre Dame. Yeah, but you said the top four teams are blah, 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 blah. Okay, this team in South Bend, which I didn't think was going to have a season like this, but I'm yeah. fully jumping on the bandwagon. Uh, lost by one point to Georgia and beat everybody else, and has beaten better teams than Penn State. Has beat home loss to Georgia. Home loss to Georgia, the number two team in the country, who was playing a freshman quarterback in his oh, first start. Now you're getting into like the stuff that nobody cares about. <laughs> well, well, okay, let's not people care. People don't care about that stuff. They don't care. You think they care? If, if, nobody pays attention sh- to voting. They're just going to see that Notre Dame's if they lose one game and it's to Georgia, Georgia's number two, Notre Dame is in. Penn State is not. Sorry. There's never, ever in a million years going to happen. If both teams are on the table, Notre Dame is in, Penn State's not. So well, There's no question about that, but that doesn't make it right. But how could you have Penn um, State number four then? It's because you're a bit of a homer. 
Well, not only that, but I will also say, and I want to bash this into people's minds even more. Uh-oh. Ohio State didn't win their division. They lost to Penn State last year and still went to the mm-hmm. college football playoff. Lost by 31 to Clemson. Didn't score in that game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you could you could laugh all you want, but Penn State still has a very good argument to get back into the college football playoff hunt. It's called being a blue blood, baby. It's called being <laughs> a blue Penn State's blood. not a blue blood? Not a blue blood compared to Ohio State, no. When's the last time Penn State won a national championship? That has nothing to do When's... with the argument of who the best four teams are in the country. Yeah, it does. When's the last time Ohio State won a championship? Oh. Oh, God. How many national championships has the head coach at uh, Ohio State won? When is the last time Notre Dame won a national championship? Yeah, but they're a blue blood. When was the last time they're, Georgia won a national a, championship? Notre Dame. Georgia loses a game, they're out. But Notre Dame's a blue blood. I don't care because it's worth heaps of money. We're talking backing up the Brinks truck. We're talking Notre Dame is in if they win out, and that's it. They're a blue blood. I'm sorry. I agree with you. Listen, I don't. I don't think that's. I... Penn State has a great tradition. Don't get me wrong. They're a great program, but Ohio State is a blue blood over Penn State. It's the way life is. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not arguing that fact. I'm saying, what I'm saying is that. Penn State is one of the top four teams in the country, and they proved it on Saturday afternoon. By blowing a 15-point lead in the fourth quarter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how was Notre Dame? They lost at home. To the number two team in the country. And and Penn State lost by one on the road to the number three team in the country. Yeah, and you're out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, moving on here. I'm just saying. (laughs) People are going to think, I hate Penn State. Oh, you hate Penn State. You're an Ohio State fan. You like their helmets. Uh, Whatever. Idiots can say whatever you want. I'm just telling you the way the world works, okay? This is the way the world works. And that's what happened last year. TCU and Baylor, they got screwed, what, a few years ago? Because that's the way the world works. And remember, who did, who did they get screwed over for? I don't care. Was it, <laughs> don't, don't put TCU and it, Baylor in the same discussion. Was it Ohio State that year? It was Ohio State that year, and they were the fourth. I, oh, seed oh and believe they me, I know Penn State's going to. So I know Penn State's. I'm not going to say screwed over because they lost to Ohio State, but they were screwed over last year by Ohio State. I, I'm completely on board with you, but to say that Penn State is not one of the top four teams in the country, you're off. I, I agree with you. They got screwed last year. I 100% agree with you. I'm not arguing that at all, but I'm just telling you why they got screwed. I'm telling you real world stuff here. This is like real big boy stuff. So. <laughs> You know, I know I'm learning as I go. I know it hurts to hear, <laughs> but there's no way when that when that ranking comes out on Tuesday that Penn State's going to be in the top four. No way on this earth will that happen. No, no, there's absolutely no way that's going to happen. But Wisconsin could be in the top four, and that is ridiculous. But that'll flesh itself out in the Big Ten championship. Once Wisconsin runs through the West and they get in the Big Ten championship against whoever, um, you know, right now it looks like Ohio State and they lose, then they'll be out. If they win, they deserve to be in. That, that'll all play itself out. Listen, I know you can't get it. I, you can't wrap your head around how Penn State got screwed. They got royally screwed last year. Absolutely 100%. And, and the fact that Ohio State went off to Clemson and played horribly and got shut out and looked awful makes it even worse. It makes it hurt even more. But <laughs> you, you got to get past that hurt. I mean, it happened. It's over. Oh, I've moved on. I don't think you have because you wanted. I'm to moving on to TCU point. loses. 
<laughs> we didn't even get to talk about Notre Dame powering past NC State with that run game. And Brandon Wimbush improving as a pocket passer every week. Uh, they're a dangerous team. I, I just I thought their schedule was too difficult. And now watch, they'll probably lose to Navy or something ridiculous. But, man, that's a good-looking football team there. And they just powered yeah. over you know, your, your, your guy Bradley Chubb and the rest. Powered over. Very, very good team. Very impressive win. NC State, that football power from Raleigh. I mean, I, I'm really impressed by a 21-point home win. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not I'm kidding. Notre Dame's a phenomenal team. Great running game. Shockingly good, actually. I mean, they could just run the ball whenever they want to. Uh, they have enough in the passing game. And how about the defense? I mean, God, the defensive line has been playing great. They're flying all over the place, making plays. Nasty. And they really did just kind of grind out against NC State and win that game. Very impressive. Yes, and they're going to be a tough one. I mean, again, my hope is, you know, just so that we expand this playoff is that Notre Dame runs the table in two or three conferences, get just frozen out, and then we'll finally get eight in there, and then things will be even more fun. And then Penn State won't get screwed. If it goes to eight, Penn State will not get screwed. And then you'll be happy, right? It'll be interesting to see if Notre Dame gets in because they won't play in a conference championship game, oh, right? Get so, it, please, it's Notre Dame. Come on. Yeah, I think it'll actually play in their favor is what I was going to say. Someone will lose and they'll sneak through. I don't think they'll sneak through. I think they'll be... They'll be in no matter what? I think they'll be in number two. <laughs> I, oh, jeez. I know you think I'm crazy. Maybe Ohio State will be in number two. I don't know. They'll be... They won't sneak in. I don't think they'll be number number four. Their strength of schedule is pretty amazing, and if they go eleven and one with a one point loss to Georgia, I know it's at home against a freshman quarterback, but nobody cares about that. The optics there is one of our favorite expressions are pretty <laughs> strong. But let's get to TCU. Let's get to Trill. I can't believe Kenny Trill Hill had his bad game. I told you he's going to have two bad games at least this season. Yeah. This is this was really bad. I mean he through some interceptions where he just missed his target by a, a mile. He looked like me trying to drive the golf ball off the tee. Like, you don't know whether it's going to slice to the right or hook into a tree to the left. You know where it's not going to go, which is where I plan it to go down the middle. But Must be nice to have time to golf. But uh... That's all I do is golf. <laughs> <laughs> Two red zone interceptions, I think, and seven points. That's inexcusable, and and like we've you've said at least, and I was probably sh- should have said this was not a team that was number four in the country, and uh, the Big Twelve is not an incredibly great conference. I think it'll flesh itself out this weekend. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Bedlam. so we'll get rid of another team. Um, but TCU looked like garbage. Their defense played fine; they always do. But God, Kenny Trill Hill, uh, two red zone interceptions, could only score seven points. Uh, and I think Turpin had a gold watch on during the entire game. So that was interesting That's to see, cool, too. Man. So He's cool. Yeah, there was someone else cool. who did that recently, too, but it turned out it wasn't a gold watch. I forget who it was. I don't remember, but it, it, it's still cool. But this weekend we could see Oklahoma State um, live up to my other preseason prediction and you know, put themselves in the driver's seat for the Big 12. The only prediction that's not going to ever come back to life is Florida State, and we'll get to that in hot garbage <laughs> shortly because that is just a horrible, horrible football team. Um, but anyways, let's move on to uh, a quarterback completing passes uh, in the maize and blue. It's amazing. Where has – I mean, Brandon Peters, what did he do wrong? That's what I want to know. 
what did he do wrong that he had to wait this long to get in after? Yeah, I don't know if it was him or if it was Harbaugh's stubbornness with sticking with O'Corn or what it was, but uh, it and you know, and it was Rutgers, so let's not get too too excited about what's going on here. And you know, PJ Fleck in Minnesota comes to town this week, so let's not get too thrilled. But um, you know, at least they looked like an offense with some sort of heart and movement. You know, they could throw the ball, they could move it a little bit, they opened up holes after you know for running backs and. You know, Kareem Walker looked good. Higdon looked a little slow, I thought. Uh, but at least he's pumped a little bit of life into an offense. The defense, still phenomenal, still playing great, will continue to do so. I, I don't, there's no surprise there. But, um, you know, the, he's going to have, Peters is going to have a little bit of time here to get his feet under him and continue to build because they have uh, Minnesota this week with, with a decent defense, a, a decent team, but I still think Michigan handles them. Then then Maryland the following week, which Michigan can score 50 for the first time. And then, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. But, um, you know, at least they have some some heart going on offense and this now. Is, this is the power of Jim Harbaugh because we're talking about a Michigan team that's not in the top 25. We're talking about a Michigan team that beat Rutgers, you know, what, 35 to 14 or whatever. But we're talking about a Michigan team because – of Jim Harbaugh because of the quarterback. That's his genius. You know, I'm not talking about Washington or UCF or Auburn. Uh, we barely mentioned Oklahoma. We haven't even talked about Miami at all. I'm talking about Michigan, who's not in the top 25 because they got a quarterback completing passes. That what he, That's what he's brought. Now, that being said, I went through the USA Today coaching database on the article on Friday, and we talked about it on Thursday, I believe it was. Way overpaid so far. I mean, I think what would put even more pressure on him would be, well, I'll ask you this. What puts more pressure on him? Uh, Ohio State going back to the playoff? Uh, Penn State coming out of this and somehow getting into the playoff? Or Wisconsin getting into the playoff? Um, Which one of those three things do you think puts more pressure on Harbaugh? I think it's Ohio State, but what if if another team? Like, okay, Ohio State did it, but now – now Wisconsin did it, and Michigan can't. It's it's Ohio State because everything revolves around Ohio State when it comes to Michigan and Urban's dominance of that you know of of the of the series the last two years since Harbaugh's been there and Ohio State's dominance recently in that series and so everything when it comes to Michigan revolves around that. But I have to say, you know, we lambaste Jim McElwain for getting fired for having a putrid offense and a horrible offense. Now Michigan has, you know, changed quarterbacks. Uh, you know, they have not had a great offense. They've lost games because of their offense. Uh, and and still Harbaugh gets a pass yep. on that. And it's, it's suspect. And recruiting has been average this year for Michigan. They just lost uh, Emil Ekior to Alabama. You know, recruiting hasn't been the same as it was last year and the year before. I mean, about Michigan, the only reason I think people are giving them a break is because they lost, what, 19 starters, which is ridiculous. Um, and 11, 10 on defense alone, but, but that's it. I mean, I, I, I can imagine next November if Michigan is, you know, five and three, what's going to happen? Not, not, not for the administration at Michigan, but from the, the fan bases and, and the talking heads, it's going to get crazy if that happens. 
Yeah, and and look, I mean, any t- any team that put you know lost nineteen and ten and had I think a record number in the NFL draft and didn't make the playoff, those coaches would get roasted for that, uh, for having so many players drafted in the NFL and not making the playoff, finishing. If a, if a coach finished third in his own division with that many NFL draft picks, that would be reason enough to put him on a hot seat. Of course, it's not going to happen to Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, but certainly, like you said, definitely overpaid. Well, it didn't happen point. to Urban either after, what, when was it, the 2016? No, 2015 season when he put, what, like 11 first-rounders or something and still decided he didn't want to run that guy, Ezekiel Elliott, in the Michigan State game. It didn't make yeah. him laugh. But <laughs> there's never any pressure on him. I mean, that's, again, again, it goes back to the genius of these coaches is that you build a brand name. Now, Urban does it with national championships. Harbaugh does it in a different way. But they've built themselves brand names. McIlwain never did. Um, you know, right. and, and I don't think he ever really was going to at Florida. So that's why he went nowhere. But Brandon Peters looked pretty good. I mean, I, it is Rutgers, so we're going to have to wait and see. And, you know, if Michigan thinks they have a chance to beat Ohio State at the end of the year, I think it'll be a close game. Um, but I still think if the, if JT Barrett is playing the way he's playing, you know, and finally the Wilson-Day combination of offensive coordinators are getting that downfield passing, um, that sound effect you hear is Gorney texting, too. Like, he can't stop texting even when he's on a podcast. You know what? Whoop. You know what? I'm looking Whoop. forward here because I know our next thing is <laughs> who should be top four teams, and I needed to look up the AP top twenty-five to get into this discussion. As Mike, yeah, Randall but why do you have to turn on your cell phone to do that? I don't. It's on. It's on silent, but that buzzing still happens. And I oh, know technology, Gorney. They very talk about technology, Gorney, a little bit. <laughs> oh, techno, boy, tech, techno, Gorney. Hey, you, Farrell, you have no no room to talk here. <laughs> What yeah, are what are you about? I, I know Fixer? how to turn my phone on silent. <laughs> that I know how to do. You you both struggle. <laughs> I'm going to do it the next time you call. <laughs> That's probably a good idea. All right, top four. We already went through that. Who cares? Like, your top four is ridiculous. You got Penn State in there. No, my top four is Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Well, that's my top four. Okay, well, then let's Dave move on. Dave Barry, didn't he just say his top four, Penn State would be fourth? Yeah. No, I don't think Penn State. I don't think Penn State should be in it right you now. You got to hold his little his little but, feet to the fire. I don't think Penn State should be in it right now, but I do think that the SEC loser will be out and Penn State should move in. All right. Because if Alabama plays Georgia, one of them's going to lose. So that should... means the number 5 team moves up to number 4. That's how it works, Mike. Um all right. So you hate Wisconsin. Wisconsin, come on. Wisconsin, Hornybrook, you're oh, right about Hornybrook. Enough, they can't throw the ball. Any team will eat up Jonathan Taylor, any serious defensive so, line, and uh, Wisconsin will lose in the Yeah, so you've got a couple anyway. elimination games is what you're saying here. Alabama, Georgia's elimination. Ohio State, Wisconsin's elimination, if things work out that way. But you also have Penn State leapfrogging past Clemson because Clemson lost to Syracuse, which I get your point. Who do you think would win in a game? Clemson yeah. and Penn State? Penn State, Penn State, because they can score. Clemson can't score? Yeah. It's tough. I mean, that defensive line at Clemson, I think, is even better than the Ohio State one. Everybody thought Michigan's defensive line was so great. Penn State pushed them all around the field. Penn State pushed Ohio State all around the field for two and a half quarters until they gave up in the middle mm. of the third quarter. All right. All right. We'll see. I, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the okay. ACC is... is I think somebody's – I mean, Miami is not going to run the table, and uh, I think Clemson's going to lose another game. So I think the ACC will be out. 
I think Notre Dame will be in. But we have the same top four, so let's not worry about that anyways. Nobody cares. I mean, they come out with a Tuesday playoff, like, <laughs> top four and all this other garbage. And Honestly, there's so much football to be played. There'll probably be four different teams. In I know. At least they waited a week 10. The preseason polls drive me absolutely crazy. But I've just been waiting yeah. this whole time to get to hot garbage. Oh, Ooh, hot garbage. that's some hot garbage. All right, so. Dave Barry right so on top So we got to see Florida State primetime football on <laughs> Friday night. Primetime. I live in New England. I have followed Boston College since I was a wee little boy. Um, I saw that line. Florida State was favored by five. I'm like, that's easy money. I should just bet my mortgage on it. There's no way BC <laughs> can beat them. I mean, they've got so much talent. I watched the game. I could not believe how little effort Florida State put in, how poor leadership, how much poor leadership they have, how the coaches didn't seem to care. This team is the epitome of hot, stinky garbage. Yeah, it's it's really hard to believe. And, you know, our our uh, the war chant site, our Florida State site, wrote about this a little bit. And I happen to agree with the entire thing that, Jimbo didn't seem to care a whole lot on Friday night of, as things were really going down downhill fast. Um, he didn't seem to really care. It was 7 nothing after one quarter. It was 21-3 at halftime, and they came out of the half and did absolutely nothing, you know. Cam Akers, 42 yards rushing. Blackman, again, with a really bad game. Uh, they just can't seem to do anything. But the thing is, they don't seem to want to do anything. The effort there is, nope. is minimal. At Nobody best. was upset on the sidelines. Other than him, you know, correcting yeah. Blackman after each incomplete pass, and which is what he always does. Yeah. Nobody oh, yeah. cared on the sidelines. They were getting just crushed by a inferior team. They were getting pushed all over the field. Not one of those defensive players. And listen, everybody knows what a big fan I am of Derwin James, but zero leadership from him. Tavares McFadden was awful. I mean, just awful. And these guys are losing millions of dollars. They don't understand that they're losing money as well. Because we, we ragged on Kuiper a little bit, and he had Derwin James, I think, in his top four or something, in his latest top whatever. He's losing money because he's not showing anyone yeah. whatsoever. And look, if Derwin James is a top five pick, a top ten pick, he's going to go to a really bad football team. And he plays on a really bad football team, and he's not really showing a whole lot of leadership here. So he's got to really step it up and uh, you know show some want to because he's going to go to the NFL and not win immediately. And it looks like, you know, they, they look like babies out there. They don't want to do anything. The coaches, you know, you're right. Every time Blackman comes to the sideline, just Jimbo just gets into him every single time. Uh, you know, there's a lot of problems there. And, you know, it, if DeAndre Francois was there, would this be the fix nope. of all of it? Nope. You know, this was nope. obviously an, a severely nope. overrated team. And, and I'm shocked Alabama only beat him by seven. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing that, you know, for the first few weeks, we always gave the excuse they lost their quarterback. I think even up until last week, uh, actually this Friday, we gave that excuse, this past Friday, they lost their quarterback, you know. But no, this is not a good team. Uh, DeAndre Francois does not fix the problems here. This is a team that knows they have nothing to play for and they don't care. Just like Florida, Florida's in hot garbage as well because they, you know, didn't care against Georgia. And they gave up when it was 14 to nothing which is kind of funny. Let's get another hot garbage drop in there, though. Ooh, that's some hot garbage. I love that. Still sounds, now it sounds like Dave Barry to me, actually. Um, but <laughs> Dave, you think yeah. I would do that? No. I don't know. Yeah, I've heard you say <laughs> stuff like that. Um, Florida gave up at 14 to nothing. 
North Carolina's horrible. Uh, Miami should be in hot garbage too, though, because they actually let them. Come on, you can't have an undefeated. Yeah, team but in they hot almost garbage. let North Carolina beat them. I mean, North Carolina is like yeah. that's why I got Kansas State in hot garbage. Kansas State. You know what the hottest hot garbage is in the North Carolina Miami game is? Come on, the sprinklers in Chapel Hill. What are they shut off or something? That they played on dirt. Ah, well, listen, it's it's a beautiful campus. That's all what I, I loved say. about Florida this weekend, though, is uh, Georgia knew they gave up, and Georgia just wanted to eat their lunch all game long. They didn't uh, back down at all. They kept going after them the entire well, time. Well, that's because they've been absolutely. And- physically manhandled in recent years so this is their yeah, chance to get yeah. back at them and i think the florida players are just like our coaches being fired who cares <laughs> um old miss hot garbage brett bielema won an sec game which is something i didn't think was going to happen this season uh they had an amazing lead what was it 34 7 or something ridiculous like that 31 3 i think their it defense was, yeah. stunk um not that i'm rooting against them but did you see the quarterback What's his name? Cole Kelly. Uh, Cole Kelly. Oh, yes. I mean, we've seen him at camps. I saw him at uh, a couple of our passing camps, our quarterback challenge camps and stuff like that. And what this was when he was in high school, he was 6'7", like 250. And, and he looks, yeah. you know, he looked like a bigger version of Ryan Mallett back then. He looks like an offensive lineman. He's 6'7", yeah, he 270 is what they list him at. I think he's closer to 280. Um and he's shuffling around and extending the play, <laughs> and Old Miss somehow can't tackle a guy that that is that big and that slow, and uh, that's complete hot garbage right there. But it was fun to watch him the, throw the ball. The best part of that game, and I watched the end of it when the field goal was going on, and Old Miss had their three timeouts, so they decided to use all three to ice the kicker. And uh, as they were calling timeouts, the Arkansas kickers kept going to the sideline and talking trash like he was all fired up about the kick. It was really funny to watch a kicker talk trash because, you know, we, you know our opinions yes, of kickers. Yes, like, and I saw the UMass kicker do a little uh, backflip because he made a field goal. I'm like, oh, yeah, good for you. You did <laughs> oh, something God. that a 55-year-old man can do, like just walk out there and kick a <laughs> ball through the uprights. But anyways, I just thought about this. Old Miss is changing their mascot to the Land Sharks. What if Jim McElwain ever becomes a coach there? Could you? Could you? <laughs> They'll have a, a decal. Can you imagine helmet? the memes that would come out of that? Like if he's you know, Farrell, you, know, you better coordinator. You better hope there's not a Mike Farrell lookalike out there who has a propensity for shark fishing while naked, because this is going to come back to bite you. <laughs> I'm sure there is somewhere. I'm if sure there is somebody. I, I will find it. Believe you me. <laughs> My lookalike is um, uh, D'Onofrio on Criminal Intent when he looks really old and haggard, and he, he and he's overweight. That's my lookalike. He looks just like me, but I don't think he's. So you're saying a Hollywood actor on a famous show is? Yeah, your yeah, but he's not not like an attractive one or anything like that. But he's certainly not going to be riding any sharks naked. So. But right. I just thought of the land shark thing. I thought it was funny and a, an interesting drop in hot garbage. So um, Kansas State, you're hot garbage. You beat Kansas by 10. You should be embarrassed. That's almost like a loss. Yeah, and I think Kansas had the ball down seven to tie the game. So uh, very ugly. I mean, the there. three of us and eight other people could beat Kansas. So yeah. Kansas State, hot garbage. Louisville, how amazingly bad are you? I mean, the defense. Yep. Uh, I mean, I, I like Greg Dorch. 
I've, I've seen him play before. He's a shifty little receiver. Um, he's going to miss the rest of the season, unfortunately, now after his four-touchdown game. But Louisville's defense got to be one of the worst in the country. I'm trying to think of a worse one. That, yeah, Wake Forest's offense is about one step below Boston College's, if you ask me. And they put 42 on them. You know, that that's a level of caring that, that's pretty low. So Bobby Petrino, who Tennessee fans have actually wanted at the beginning of the season, I think he's losing quite a bit of his luster as well. Um, so I think that's it. We've gone 52 minutes. We've done a lot of shark jokes. Um, we talked about all we the have. important stuff. And um, by the next time you hear my voice, Butch Jones will be fired. Right? I would say yes. Uh, it could be. It could be uh, in, in any moment now. We're we're all holding our with bated breath. not, that will be the lead when we come back. Yeah, I mean, it seems <laughs> like we talked about that every podcast. Is, is Butch Jones fired yet? <laughs> well, what does he have to? Do? No. I mean, who do, who does he really have to lose to to get fired? Like who? Is yeah, what's going to be the what's going to be the final? Well, stage? I mean, Van, will they get to wait till the end of the season in Vanderbilt? Like when they lose to Vanderbilt again? again you mean are they going to fire him then? Like. It's just got to happen. So let's get out of here. Another great podcast, guys. I mean, listen, amazing stuff. Can they lose to a 5-3 and three Southern Miss team this week? I, they I could, say yeah. yes. Southern yeah. Miss is a sneaky team. Sneaky, sneaky. I mean, they almost lost to UMass, for God's sakes. With the, you know, the flipping kicker. Although UMass has won two straight. I think that game gave them a lot of confidence. Don't, Beat App State don't in double overtime. The, uh, Thriller. Man. And I don't know if Central won this past weekend or not, but we should get out of here because now we're down a bad path. All right. I'm, I'm playing the end music. That means we have to get out of here. So, get out All right. Of here. Check us out on iTunes. Leave a review. Check us out on Twitter at Real Dave Barry, at Adam Gorney, and at Rivals Mike. We'll see you guys again in another few days.